Thank you for joining us on our LWCC podcast. Right now, you're going to hear a message from our senior pastor and founder of Living Word, Pastor Ruben Reyna. Let's jump into our word. Thank you, Father. <clears throat> Heavenly Father, we just thank you for just being in your house. Thank you for allowing us to wake up and giving us the strength to walk into this house. We bless your name now. Let your word accomplish what it needs to accomplish. In the wonderful name of Jesus, I ask, amen and amen. You may be seated. The Lord bless you. Welcome, welcome to Living Word. It looks like it's alive today. <clears throat> Out of the book of Genesis, if you could turn there, chapter 13, verse 14, all the way up to verse 17, I want to minister on vision, the key to revival. God has to give us a vision. The reason why I'm here is because he gave me a vision. It wasn't just somebody preaching to me. It was like an open heaven that I heard his voice, and he says, I want you to do this for me. And when I heard that voice, it changed my, my mind, my heart, my spirit. It made me into a brand new person. There is a real God, whether you believe it or not, and there is a God that is still calling people out from among them and come out and do what God wants you to do. So I want to say to you, be open in your heart. Let God do what he wants to do inside of your heart. You never know when we got another Billy Graham in the house. I was watching uh, President Trump uh, hitting, hitting the coffin. Uh, Mr. Billy Graham, he hit it five times. And they asked him, why did you hit it five times? He says, because I need more Billy Grahams. That was on TV. So I said, this man must be spiritual. So we need some Holy Ghost revival. And I'm not talking about Democrats or Republicans. I don't care. You decide what you want to be. I decided to serve God, and after that, I'll get his orders from him. Yes, can you say amen? amen. And the Lord said unto Abram, after that lot was separated from him, lift up now thy eyes and look from the place where thou art, northward, southward, eastward, and westward. For all the land which thou seest, let me say it again, for all the land which thou seest, to thee will I give it, and to thy seed forever. Are we the seed of Abraham? And I will make thy seed as the dust of the earth, so that if any man can number the dust of the earth, then shall thy seed also be numbered. Rise, walk thou through the land in the length of it and in the breadth of it for, it, for I will give it unto thee. What a statement. God still speaks. 
And he speaks loudly. Not too long ago, probably about two, two, three weeks ago, I had the most beautiful dream I've ever had in my entire life. I dreamed that God took me by the hand and he was there. And I started walking and I heard his voice say to me, look at the trees and look at the flowers. So I started looking at the trees and looking at the flowers. And all of a sudden the buds within the flowers and the trees, they were all blooming right in front of my eyes. And they were the most beautiful colors I've ever seen in my entire life. By the time I turned around and looked at everything, it was the most beautiful, beautiful cloud on beautiful colors all over the place. The trees, the flowers, it was like seeing a picture. I was weeping and crying. And then the voice of God said to me, this is the time of your fruitfulness. It's going to start blooming right in front of you. And then, yeah. And then I woke up and I, was, I didn't want to wake up. But I woke up with tears all over my eyes. Never forgot what God said to me. It is t time to bloom. Even though the devil's throwing his best shots at the church, the church is going to bloom. I don't care what you're going through, you're going to bloom. You're not going to die, you're going to live, and you're going to see the glory of God. So Abraham was having this vision, and God said, look, to the north, the south, the east, and the west, whatever you see with your eyes, that is going to be yours. And I believe that we are the seed of Abraham. And the promises of Abraham are yea and amen to the glory of God for us. So we need to stop looking at ourselves, how we are today, and let's look towards the future, what God is going to do and accomplish through our lives. It's not about one man. It's about the family of God accomplishing what God wants us to accomplish. And then verse 17, it says, rise and walk through the land in the length of it and in the breadth of it, of it, and I will give it unto thee. So sometimes you just got to take a walk. Sometimes you just got to take a walk and say, you know what? This belongs to me. I'll take this. I'll take that. God made the promise that he's going to bless me here and bless me there. And I'm going to see that, that, that whole thing change right in front of my eyes. Why? Because we're the type of people that we just don't have the knowledge of the Word of God. We got life inside of us. And when you have the Holy Ghost life inside of you, all of a sudden that life begins to change you. It changes the way you think, the way you look, the way you act. And pretty soon, whatever you touch will turn into whatever God wants it to turn into prosperity. And if, and if you're trying to fit in one place, and if you don't fit in that place of employment, that means that God has something better for you than what you thought. Because in your mind, you think you belong there. But God says, I got a bigger mind than yours, buddy. I'm going to take care of you and drop you off like a little cat and make you rich indeed. So stop tripping if you got disqualified. Get ready for God's qualifications. 
That's where he wants you to be. So we're here today because we want something from God. We come to church because we want to hear the word of God and we want something from God. And our lives will always be effective when we allow God to do whatever he needs to do in our lives. So number one, a vision is one of man's greatest needs. A vision is one of one of man's greatest need, including women, when I say men. So that way you don't say that a Pastor Ruben is prejudiced. No, I'm not prejudiced, but I, I sure like to see couples work together, involved in the ministry together. And if you're single, roll up your sleeves because you could be doing a whole lot of things for God. But be, yeah, I'm preaching it. You'll be dead pretty soon. I mean, you'll be married pretty soon. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> a vision is one of man's greatest needs. So, <laughs> I hear Philip over there, so I got to tell him, amen. So, people that have a vision are not sightless people. They could see through things that God places them in a certain place, and they feel that that's where they belong. Because they, their sensitivity to the things of God they're not living no more in emotions like a yo-yo. How many here got tired of living that way? Your emotions up and down. But now that you come to Christ, all of a sudden the roller coaster is gone. You don't have to be on the top. You could be in the valley and still get blessed. You could be on the top and still get blessed. Why? Because God is the author and finisher of your faith. So some of us need to look to God for a vision. And we need to ask God, give me a vision so that I can see where you're taking me. Sometimes it might not be tomorrow, it might not be the day after, but as you're walking, as you're walking by faith and obeying God, all of a sudden God opens the doors. God triggers off something inside of your mind. God begins to bless you and open up those doors and pretty soon you say, okay, now I know where I'm going because I'm taking my steps to accomplish what God wants me to accomplish. So that is one of the, the things that we need to do. We have a vision and that vision is that Jesus died for us and resurrected, and the reason why he resurrected, the Bible says, and he gave gifts unto man. That means that every one of you, sisters and men, you are gifted by God, and you've got to find what your gift is and work it out in the church so that you can accomplish in the body, so that the body can grow healthy, so that the body can prophesy to each other, so that the body can become what God wants it to look like because you've been gifted. And that's one of the reasons that he died. He died for people. He died for a church that will come without a spot and without a wrinkle. So we need to have a vision. Tell your neighbor, you need to have a vision. You're not going to be, tell her now, tell them, you're not going to be a drag all the time. I'm talking about dragging. Not a drag queen, a dragging. See, when you don't have a vision, you're breathless. When you don't have a vision, there is no energy in you. But when you have a vision, all of a sudden you become 
this excitement inside of you, this, this Holy Ghost excitement that just begins to perk you up, give you new energy, make you see that you can do the impossible. All of a sudden, your mouth speaks life, and your body resurrects, and your body begins to accomplish things that you could never accomplish. So we need a vision. Abraham was instructed right after God spoke to him. He said these words, look and see. Say it with me. Look and see. Say it again. Look and see. Listen to me. You need to look and you need to see that God is working in your kids. They're not evil. They're just growing up. Like you grew up. But now you got to look at your kids and you say, I see what God is going to do for them. I see what God's going to accomplish. And now not only am I seeing, but I am prophesying to them because of the giftings of God that God is going to use my kids for the honor and the glory of Jesus. Look and see. What you see today will not be there tomorrow. How many of you have ever lived in one house you thought you were going to stay and all of a sudden you ended up in another house? And then in another house. And then in another house. And finally, somewhere along the line, you bought a house and you settled down. And you'll probably get another house because what you see Look and see what God is going to do for you and for your children and for your church. Your church is important. Don't think that church is just coming together. No, we come together for a purpose. The purpose is that we love each other. The other purpose is, is that we're hearing from God. And the other purpose is, is that we're growing in the house of God and we're blooming in the house of God and we are getting stronger. Stronger. We're not getting weaker. We're getting stronger. Look and see what the Lord is about to do. Look and see what the Lord is about to do. Whatever you see, you will possess. Whatever you see, you will possess. It's like when you first saw your wife or your girlfriend. Stay over there. <laughs> when you saw her, what, what happened? You just wanted to be with her. I don't know how you got to her, but you got to her. And pretty soon you're holding hands. And you look like a little, like pigeons on a wire. <laughs> Things happen to you. Things happen to you. But what happened? You, you seen and you looked. Or you looked and you seen. However I said it. Look and see. Look and see. Look and see. And today you're sitting by the person that you love. And some people said you would never make it. And now you got 20 piranhas. <laughs> you didn't see that coming, but they came. <laughs> see, what you cannot see, you will not possess. You will not possess. So a vision for God is something that gives you energy. 
gives you energy and it makes you ver uh, uh, this 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 energy i call it this this bubbling over the sensation that something is taking place inside of your life that you will never be the same you wake up with a different expectation all the time you don't wake up to all the problems that you thought you were going to have but now you wake up with this expectation i know that this day as I sought the Lord, God is going to take care of every obstacle in my way because I've seen his hand go before me, go before me. Let me tell you something. This vision will make you want to pray. When you get a revelation of prayer, man, you just want to spend time with God. You don't want to hear anything else. You just want to hear what God has for you, what God has for your wife, what God has for your children, what you're about to accomplish. Why? Because you have entered the Holy of Holies and then God see, tells you, look and see what I'm about to do. So every one of us need a vision of the Spirit of the Lord working through us. Listen. The spirit inside that lives on you, inside of you has a mind, has a will, and has emotions. And when you start understanding that, he takes over your mind, he takes over your emotion, he takes over your will. And pretty soon as you're walking in him, then his will begins to unfold. And you start understanding what everything that he wants to do for your life, you start understanding. And you'll say to yourself, now I know what he wants me to do. And I have no confusion. I have no doubt because I know that the Lord is moving all the circumstances, giving me all the wisdom that I need to accomplish the very thing that he wants me to do. Vision creates energy. I've seen elderly people, 80, 90 years old, that are full of the Holy Ghost, and they can run circles around you. They have more energy than the youth. More energy than me. I've seen little grandmas that are full of God and so much energy. They sit you down and they'll tell you, Shata, masita, God just told me to make you some tortillas. And I go, hoopa. <laughs> Why? Because grandmas have this energy inside and they know that they're getting ready to leave. So they want to impart something that is greater than what they have. So they want to give it, but it gives you energy. Never do you see a person that is full of vision be lazy. You see a person that is always moving like a bee, constantly putting honey out, constantly evolving and constantly moving and moving. Never, 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 never stopping because the energy of God takes you beyond your own natural life. Your own natural life. So we need a vision. Tell your neighbor, we need a vi you need a vision, neighbor. You need a vision. And look at yourself that God is growing you in character. Character. Character is not something that you don't see. Character is something that the Holy Spirit is developing in you. Pretty soon the cussing is gone, the smoking is gone, the stealing is gone, everything is gone. But now the godly character 
took over your ugly character and rearranged all your character and made you who you are today. Now you don't want to do nothing but serve the Lord. Now you just want to lift up your hands and praise Him. And oh, you've got a lot of revival inside of you. And you want to do what God wants you to do, not what people want you to do, but what God wants you to do. And the good thing is that you're successful. You look at your success. How do you measure your success if you're married? Because your wife begins to shine with you. Your kids begin to grow up right in front of you. And pretty soon they're serving God with you. And when they get married, they're still with you. Why? Because something supernatural took place inside of their lives. God is a God that moves very differently than what we think. God told Abraham and told Sarah, you're going to bear a baby. Sarah was 90, he was 100. God had made that promise when he was 75. And now God said, you're going to have a baby. Can you handle that? Abraham and Sarah, the leaders of the tribe, that could have been very embarrassing. At 90 years old, hey, baby, ¿qué pasó? <laughs> I don't know what happened, Sarah, but it happened. God prophesied and we did it. And you can see Sarah getting bigger all the time. Can you imagine in the middle of the tribe? Everybody's looking at her. And then looks at Abraham, you're a hundred years old, dude. <laughs> and Sarah is 90. And now you have a baby. Come on, God can do anything. God can do anything. If God gives a vision and breathes it into your life, God is going to do it. Don't even doubt it. Well, I'll always be single for the rest of my life. Shut up. See God. Don't talk to yourself. You look like a psycho. Talk to God about it. Talk to God about it. Talk to God about it. God knows what he does. God knows how to move the whole chessboard. He knows every move that he can make. He can do whatever he wants to do. You just got to get out of the way and let God be God. Can you imagine Moses? There he is serving, serving in the most prosperous place of kingship. Being a prince there. And God calls him. God calls him to be a person that will be the leader of Israel. From a, a, a place of riches to being a shepherd. Never was he thinking about that. But God in his own mind said, that is my man. And when I decide to get that man... He's going to change and he's going to have to relearn his whole life. Because he was used to everybody serving him. Now he had to serve everybody. Now he had to be a simple man with a staff and a rod and sandals and walking around and saying, Hey, follow me. This is what God's saying. And coming back into Pharaoh's house and commanding all the plagues to come into Pharaoh's house. 
God is God. When God places a vision in your life, you never know what you're going to become. But whatever he does is going to be very good for you. It will never, never, you'll never say, I don't want it because it is good for you. What you look, what you see, or what you look, what did I say? Yeah. Yeah, look and see. Hallelujah. Simple words. Look and see. Look and see. Look at Jesus, the dream he had. That he was going to be a little baby, born with a, there with a teenager, did not even have sex, but came in holy, a holy seed from heaven. Not even Joseph understood it, but yet God understood what he was doing, using an innocent little child at 16 to bear a son. And the son was named Jesus. And he grew. And as he grew, he became powerful. He became powerful in the flesh. But when he died, he died for the church to give birth to the church. That's why he died. The reason why you're sitting here is because of his death for the church. You're not sitting here by accident. He already knew you were going to be in this church because he died for the church. He died for the people so that the church could come alive. Come on, somebody. Sometimes you just got to do what God wants you to do. Because this vision will stir you to do the things that you think you could never do. That's the kind of God we serve. To do the things you could never do. To do the things you could never do. To do the things you could never do. How many have ever said, I'm so tired, I can't do it again? And you get up in the morning and do it again. <laughs> and that's the way we are. In the book of John 4, 4, uh, 4.13, it says, And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. What a statement he made. The disciples probably just looked at him and said, oh my God, what is he talking about? That is so deep. But God knew what he was talking about. Sometimes we say things. How many have ever said things? And yet those things were godly and they happened to you? Let me say it again. You said things that were godly and then they happened to you? But you didn't even realize there was godly things coming out of your mouth. You created things out of God's spirit and him speaking through your life. And they were pure. They were pure. And things happened. Things happened. See, so you and I have a hope that we serve a God that's never going to let us go. If you mess up, Oh, he let me go. No, he already knew you were going to do it. He's going to get you up, get you going, because it's just a school for you. A school of hard knocks. Because you're big-headed, you're full of pride, so you fall and trip, and God picks you up like a little cat. And then throws you right there on the table. And then pets you again. That's as easy as I can describe it. Because God loves us as individuals. He doesn't throw away people. And be careful when you mess with God's anointed one. Because then it backfires, everything backfire, backfires on you. 
Be careful what you say. Remember the 11th commandment. Thou shalt not be stupid. Pray. Pray for those that persecute you. Pray for those that are not doing too well. Pray for them that nothing bad happens to you. So that nothing bad will happen to you. So vision. Jesus had a vision of resurrection. He says, they might kill me, but I'm going to resurrect again. I'm going to resurrect again. No matter what anybody says, I'm coming back and I'm going to fulfill the very scripture that I told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And I will come again and receive you unto myself that there I am, there ye may be also. So, God doesn't lie. God does not lie. The disciples did not even know what was going on. Like some of us don't even know what's going on. And then God resurrected, appeared to the disciples and talked to them. To doubting Thomas, he says, here, feel my hands. Feel the wounds there. I'm alive. I'm not dead. I'm alive. I just have a certain time here. I just went to hell and I took the keys of the devil of death and sin. I took them away. Now I want you to feel me. I want you to feel me that I am alive. I am not dead. And everything that I say will come to pass even though you don't understand all the trouble that you'll go through. But I will bring it to pass. Every promise that I promise you, I will bring it to pass. So if he says that the earth belongs to God by his creation, then that means that it belongs to God. What we're seeing today is not ordinary. These train wrecks that we're seeing, they were man-made. And it's sad that they tried to kill God's creation and tried to poison people with their creation. But let me tell you something. God will win anyway. You can do whatever you want to, but he's going to appear. And the day that he appears, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus is Lord. That Jesus is Lord. Because he is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. When God promised to Abraham, I am going to bless all your descendants, Abraham. Every one of them I'm going to bless. Out of all his line, all his children were blessed. Every one of them. And today you sit here. Because when Jesus came, he fulfilled everything. And now we sit here enjoying the promises of God. Aren't you glad that you're born again? You could never be born again. They can dump you in the water 50 times and you could never be born again. But when God's spirit begins to hit your soul, when God begins to give you a revival in your soul, and all of a sudden you're changed and you say, what on earth happened to me? Is that God fulfilled his promise inside of you. So, we're waiting for him. We're waiting for him. Aren't you waiting for him? Tell your neighbor, are you ready to go? Are you ready to go to heaven? The rapture is around the corner. It's around the corner. All these years, I have not seen what I've seen today. And I know I'm going to see something else. Because we're getting close. 
God is picking up all his people, including all the backsliders. He's going to pick them all up. He's going to pick them all up. If he didn't let go of Peter, if he didn't let go of none of those guys, he's not going to let us go. You might be sitting down, you think, oh, well, I messed up. Shut up. <laughs> the earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof. And all that dwell therein. That's what he says. All that dwell therein. That means I got this whole world in my hands. I got this whole world in my hands. I got this whole world in my hands. I got the whole world in my hands. I took a faith of. I took a step of faith. <laughs> so La Marana belongs to God. Belongs to God. The storm was coming, right? I told Rudy, come on, Rudy, we can't leave this house until we pray for all of the people of God. We're not leaving this house. And we're, not, we're going to pray for this house that it doesn't fall off, fall down. We're going to pray that nothing happens. Well, little did I know that they had a hurricane here, a tornado. One house, the whole roof came off. But so far, our house and everybody here looks okay. You know why? You've been covered by the blood of Jesus. We've been covered by the blood of Jesus. That's why Jesus resurrected so that he could give us power. Say it with me. I got power. Say it again. I got power. Power to change things. So if we have power as individuals, can you imagine how much more power we have when we pray together? We have more power. You know why we pray on Sunday nights? Because God told me, do not stop praying every Sunday night. And the vision was, I saw a whole wave of glory just flow out of our church into the streets. It was like a wave, like one of those flooding waves that was going to take over La Mirada. If we continue to pray, it's happening now. God knows what he's doing, and God knows how to do it. What you see, you will possess, he told Abraham. What you see, you will possess. I don't see defeat in my life. I don't see any negative thing in my life. All I see is God creating what he wants to create. And all I see is God placing us where he wants us to be. All I see is that he's going to finish what he started. That's all I see. Because out of the seed of Abraham, out of the seed of Jesus, here we are sitting down. Don't be acting like you're hopeless. Wait and see what the Lord is about to do on your behalf. We want everything instantly, like instant coffee. But God said, no, I got two things that I got to do. I got to shape your character. I got to change your life. And I'm going to use circumstances that they will agitate you to the point that they will be so agitated that you got to drop to your knees and ask me. And I'm going to shape your character. And I'm going to show you that I am king over your life. King over your life. When you have a scar and you go into the ocean, what happens? It stings you. It burns. Well, that's the way God is. 
When it begins to shape you, you'll never forget the sting. You'll never forget how he switched you over from an idiot to a smart person. From a fool to a mighty warrior. Because now you know God's ways, not man's ways, not flesh ways. Now you know God's way. God works in mysterious ways, but when he does it, he does it perfect. So say with me, I am a perfect person. That means that you're maturing, you're maturing inside to make you. And when he looks at you, he tells Gabriel, watch out, Gabriel. I can see myself in them. I can see myself in them. What you see, what you look at, right? What did I say? Look and see. Look and see how he's changing you. Look and see how he's changing you. See, I am not what I used to be. I'm a total different person now. I even get freaked out. No, honestly. Honestly, I say, oh my God, this, that, this, that. Oh, Jesus. And that's what he does. But it's come through a lot of using his holy hammer, which is the word, to straighten you out. Make you do things the way he wants them done. Not the way you want them done. The way I want it done. Hay que ser manso, pero no pendejo. Let's, get, let's be meek, but let's not be dumb. That's a light translation. <laughs> so what is he doing? He wants you to see what he's able to do in your life. God's not done with you. I see some of you shining I see some of you changing right in front of my eyes. Some of you have more joy than I've ever seen anybody have joy. Some of you are walking around with a smile. I'm going, man, what a joy to see people that are not fighting with each other, but all of a sudden they're grateful to God that they see each other. What you see. Look and see. Look and see what God is doing in your life. But that vision that God's given you, that that thing, that thing, the Holy Spirit that has come into your life has changed you. You have restraints now. Before you didn't have no restraints. You were a wild animal without restraints. You were oh, without strains. But today, look how beautiful and what God's doing in your life. It's amazing. I don't know about you. I just feel like hugging God, saying thank you for embracing me and changing me. Come on, give Jesus a good clap, Bobby. <laughs> Hallelujah. So the reason why we're here is because we want something from God. What do we want? I want him to change me. I want to know his ways. I just don't want him to change me. I want to know his ways. 
I want to be able to love people the way he loved people. I want to be able to serve people the way he served people. I want to be able to do what God wants me to do. And when you die, one of these days they'll be saying, I knew Brother Reuben, man, he was a crazy guy, but he was an amazing guy and all that stuff. And, and I'll be in heaven saying, bless them, Lord. Because the work wasn't in vain. What would people say about you if you die right now? Well, would it be good or bad? Don't answer me, just answer yourself. <laughs> Hopefully it would be good. Why? Because of the grace of God. The unseen grace of God that begins to shape you and form you and make you into his image. How many here have made mistakes that you felt like was done? You were done. You were fried. And then, how many here did something that nobody knows about? Nobody lifts their hands. Oh, oh my. God forgave you, right? God brought you out. God made you into a better person. I want to tell you something. God loves you more than you love yourself. And wherever you go, he's going to be after you. Pulling you by the ear. Get over here. Do what I want you to do. He doesn't hurt you. He convicts you. He even convicts you so bad that you say, oh my God, I feel terrible like if I ate rotten food. But it's a different feeling when you feel that conviction that God places in you. This morning, God wants to give you a vision. But the vision will come when you decide to serve him and then he starts chipping away in who you are and how you act and how you react and how you speak and how you do things. He begins to change all those little things and he does it so perfectly with so much love that you don't even feel that love until you realize that he changed those things. Then you start crying saying, God, you're so good to me. You are so awesome. You changed me. You changed me. You changed me. So this church, I want to tell you, God is doing great things. Listen to me. We had that conference, right? We paid for everything. For the rooms and all that, all the facilities, over $52,000. $52,000 just flew. Where did it fly? Into God's people. Into God's people. That's where it went. That's where it went. Into God's people. But that was your money, all the church's money, all the baby churches, everything. That was all everybody's money. Pulling together to make one thing happen to wake us up, to make us better, and not charging a single penny for it. We didn't do no extra offerings. Everything just came in like it should. Like it should. Like it should. Yeah. And everybody left happy, and I was drained. 
for a whole month. But listen to me, I was so happy to come into the council and to tell them, look at, here's what we paid for. Here's the receipts, here's everything. And they looked at me, I said, put it away quickly because I don't want to forget. Because I'm at an age that I do forget. I said, here's all the receipts. Put them away, put them right there so all the council could see them, they're right there. But I felt good when I walked away. All the piranhas were fed. All the piranhas were put in bed. All, all the people. But we have a vision. To reach, teach, mend, and send. And we're doing it. And we're sending out pastors. We're doing everything. But with a whole lot of love. whole lot of love. A whole lot of love, a lot of agape love towards people because we want to see you be better. And I know it takes time. Sometimes I look at you, I say, ah, he's coming around the mountain. I think he got stuck on the other side of the mountain. He's coming around. Oh, there he is. Hallelujah. He made it. He made it. Stand to your feet, would you? We'll finish this next time. I want you to lift up your hands, would you? Lift up your hands high in the air. One without wrath and one without doubt, the Bible says. This is what the hands are. I don't have no doubt. And I have, I know, I know that you love me. I have, you don't have no wrath towards me. Say with me, in the name of Jesus, I thank you, my Father, for being so patient with me. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for putting up with me. And right now, I want to say, I love you. I cry, Abba Father. Thank you, Jesus. Now, just praise him with you.